Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before we begin our topic today, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So wherever you are, sit comfortably. If you're seated on the floor, sit Indian style with your legs crossed and your palms open on your lap, sitting upright. And if you're seated in a chair, place your palms open on your lap and uncross your legs. Again, sitting upright so that your spine is tall, your neck is long, and as you breathe, you can feel your breath moving in a circular motion all the way through your spine, up through your head, and around again. All right, so wherever you are, if you're doing something, just use this as an exercise to get really present in your body and in your breath so that you pay attention and you can listen from a very open, grounded, centered place. And of course, these golden pauses are something that you can do on your own throughout your busy day just to connect to yourself, to connect to your breath so that you can live more mindfully and respond to life rather than react. So let's go ahead and begin. Take a deep breath in, breathing in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the fullness of your breath. And as you exhale, go ahead and let go and relax, sinking into your breath. This time, as you breathe in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand, breathe in golden sunlight, pure golden sunlight, to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and toes. And as you exhale, let go of anything that doesn't serve you. This time as you breathe in pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to every cell of your being, place your hand on your heart, opening your heart, activating your heart, and spend a moment in gratitude, thinking of just one thing that you feel eternally grateful for. Could be something somebody said to you. Could be some person in your life. It could be just being here right now. Spend a couple of moments and a few deep breaths, filling your whole heart, your whole core, your whole being with pure golden gratitude, feeling that joy, feeling that gratitude, breathing in golden sunlight and exhaling any fear or tension you feel. Just spend a moment there in your breath. As you breathe in one last breath of pure golden gratitude, filling your whole heart with nothing but golden gratitude. 
might allow a smile to come across your face. And exhale and open your eyes. Ah, doesn't that feel so good to land in your body? All right, let's begin. What do you say to somebody when they're struggling and they're going through a very big loss? Let's say the loss of a job, the loss of a parent, the loss of a pooch, an animal, a beloved pet, the loss of, God help us, a child. What do we say to people who are going through big losses in life? Um, I wrote a chapter about this in a book called Heartbroken Open. I was probably one of the first people, actually, to tackle this topic of the things that people say. Now, here's the touchy part is that um, before you go through something like a really large, really huge loss that that really represents a a real chasm in your life, a real missing, missing piece of your life. I mean, I remember I said a lot of these things, too. So until you really go through something that you can truly understand when somebody's in a devastating loss, what that feels like. We just want to say something that helps. You know, that's that's the good intention behind the things that people say. I want to acknowledge that. Because otherwise it seems a little harsh when we talk about this and you might find yourself feeling a little defensive. So, <laughs> so I am going to say a few of the things that people say that I'll, I'll give you my take on why maybe we might not want to say those things. And, and the, again, this is just my own perspective. I remember very well when I was in loss uh, about how some of these things felt. And I'll, I'll just share from, from where I sat why they weren't the right things to say. Okay, so the first one is when somebody says, well, he's in a better place. Now, it's one thing to say that about somebody who's laying in a hospital bed on life support, um, maybe in a coma that is really deemed brain dead or who somebody is truly suffering through a horrible, horrible cancer and, you know, or, you know, my friend works at uh, a care facility for dying children and they they bring these dying children to their facility um, to help them let go. And yeah, you know, when, when there's a lot of suffering involved, that's one time where you, you might feel that they are in a better place. Um, but when you say that to somebody who maybe has died prematurely or they've been in an accident or something like that, it's very inappropriate because, of course, the person on the receiving end of that is like, no, he's not in a better place. His place is with me right here. <laughs> and and so, you know, just that's one um, that maybe, you know, you could say about a suffering dog, but I wouldn't maybe go there with a human being. The second thing... Um, the most common one that people say that is very common and it's something that we've learned to say because it's the easiest thing to say is, is I'm sorry for your loss. And, and that makes the most sense to most of us to say I'm sorry for your loss. I don't say it because to me when somebody said that to me, I always felt like loss didn't really describe what I was going through. Loss describes when you lose your car keys, but not when you lose your life partner or a child. Loss doesn't begin to describe the hole and the pain and 
the very, very deep sorrow that somebody is in at different times in their grief. Now, when somebody says it to me now, I understand it, and it feels different than when somebody said it to me when I was very, very raw. Why? Because it, it's a very kind of trite expression compared to what somebody's really going through. And I know that you are probably prickling at that because that's probably the go-to one for everyone. But I will just say that rather than say, I'm sorry for your loss, you could say something like, you know, I don't know what you're going through, but I can only imagine um, that it's very difficult. And I want you to know that you have my love, you have my support, and I'm praying for you. These are the kinds of words of comfort that really mean the most to people when they're going through loss because the fact that you're thinking about them and you're holding space for them while they're going through it really um, is what they need. They, they really don't need somebody to feel sorry for them as much as they need people who are there, who, are, who can hold them while they're low, while they're grieving, um, and, and hold space for them. So that was probably um, one of the best things. I, I bumped into this wonderful um, mom that I knew, a soccer mom, you know, somebody I hung out on the sidelines with. And she put my hands in her, in her hands. It was the first time she saw me after Richard died. And, and she had tears in her eyes, and she searched my eyes you know, looked into the pain of my soul and said, I don't have words for you. I know I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know I pray for you every single day. I still tear up when I think about that because that meant so much to me to know that there were so many people praying for me and that there were people that were thinking about me and and I wasn't alone. I wasn't alone in what I was going through. But I, I loved what she said, that she didn't know what I was going through because that's how I felt. I felt like not many people really did know um, at that age in my early 40s what it was like to lose their spouse. And I love that they didn't claim to know it or they didn't claim to understand it and they weren't trying to pacify me and they weren't choosing anything trite. They just simply said, I'm here for you. I'm thinking about you. I just need you to know that. And gave me a hug and held me while I cried. You know, these are the things that you can do for a friend. A great book, you know, that you feel in, that might inspire them at some point is a great gift. It says what you cannot say. Um, you know, there's dinners. You know, you can make dinner for the family. That's so helpful and, and so needed when somebody's struggling um, in those first months of grief. You know, going for a walk, offering to go for a walk, offering to, you know, run errands, you know, run the kids someplace, pick up the kids, take them to a movie. You know, all of these things are just incredibly helpful. Being of service is, is so helpful to somebody who's going through loss. But mostly just not letting them feel isolated, giving them space, giving them the power to choose when they want to see you, but being available, being available to them when they need you. You know, I was really lucky. I had some great friends that lived down the street and, you know, they're Rich and Yvonne from Challenge Day and I mean, they're just the most beautiful people, but 
I could call them at 4 a.m. and Rich would run up to my house and jump in bed with me and hold me while I cried, you know, and it was the holding piece, the holding space. The people that could hold space for me in loss were the ones that I gravitated toward because they weren't trying to fix me. They weren't trying to make it better so they'd feel better. They were just allowing me to go through my process and able to witness my pain, witness the sorrow I was in, and, and you know, and just that simple act of holding me was what helped me get through it. So these are my suggestions. Please don't um, take offense or become defensive toward them. Just do your best to um, hear them for the loving place that I'm coming from, for the loving place um, that I feel for all people who are going through loss. And I know that we all, you included, want to say the right thing. Um, But sometimes fewer words and more action is better. I hope that you found this inspiring. Don't sweat the small stuff, live the big stuff. Please share this with your friends and come back again. Much love. Thanks for listening to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff. Christine's new book, From Heartbreak to Wholeness, The Hero's Journey to Joy, is available at all major booksellers. Visit from heartbreaktowholeness.com with your receipt of purchase to receive some fabulous free bonuses. That's from heartbreaktowholeness.com.